This morning, Kyle will be speaking from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Father God, we thank you again for the blessings of your word that you have left to guide us, Lord. We pray for Kyle as he comes this morning. Open our hearts, open our ears, and open our minds to your word. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Good morning. It's a little warm in here, isn't it? All right. That second song we sang, My Victory, just, have you ever thought about how it is only the Lord that could take something as nasty and as brutal as the, as the cross and the crucifixion and turn it into something so beautiful and so meaningful for us? That's just, I want you to be encouraged today about that. Um. Well, we are all running a race, whether we realize it or not. We who are in Christ are running, as the writer of Hebrews puts it, the race of faith. And there's no doubt that the year 2020 has been challenging for our faith in many ways. The race has not necessarily been easy, especially in the past year. From the pandemic to political turmoil for job losses, it's definitely been full of hurdles. This race... The year 2020, I think of that race as, uh, you ever heard of one of those mud races or those savage races where you're running through like brick walls or whatever, you're running through mud, you're jumping over hills or whatnot. It's been like one of those. It's been full of uh, a lot of crazy obstacles that, and if you're like me, you're probably stuck in the mud somewhere, you know, it's not, it's not been easy. And some of us are sitting here anxious, wondering if, if 2021 is going to be the same way. We're sitting here anxious, wondering if we even have the endurance to get through another year like that. And it's in those times where we need to look to the Lord and look to His Word for the strength to continue running the race of faith. If you think about it in a practical sense, if you're in a race in real life, you'd want to do good in it, wouldn't you? None of us want to run a race badly. None of us want to compete in a competition badly. I know for me personally, I hate being bad at something. If I learn how to do something, I want to be, I want to be good at it. And I would dare to say I probably want to even be the best at it. I have a funny story. We went ice skating a couple weeks ago with a group of our friends from church. And uh, going into it, I was optimistic. You know, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go out there and I'm just going to give it my all and I'm going to go for it. And I'm going to be good at it. How hard can it be? And then I got out there. Have you ever seen like, like Bambi, when he was first born, he was like, legs were shaking and everything. I was holding on to the wall. I was, uh, I was not letting go of that wall. I w- it was scary, and it was very hard. And then my wife, she's naturally just skating away like a figure skater. She's like, Kyle, just let go of the wall. It's not that hard. Just do it. And she's just twirling around, and I'm like, I'm not letting go of this wall. This is hard. I'm not good at it. 
And they have these little walkers there that children are supposed to use. <laughs> and I went over and I grabbed one of those and I started skating around. And I was like, okay, this is a lot better. And then <laughs> this little kid skated up to me without a walker. He's like, you're a man. Why are you using that? <laughs> and then I cried and skated away. But uh, we don't like to be bad at stuff, especially in our own lives on a more personal level. And we as Christians, we're called to run this race of faith, and we want to do it well. I mean, we want to live a life full of happiness, joy, have an awesome family, have a good-paying job, and just live a good life. Is that really too much to ask? Well, we as Christians, we're not called to do that necessarily. As the writer of Hebrews puts it, we're called to endure, whether that be suffering or whatever it may be. And suffering does not magically disappear when we become Christians. In fact, it may actually, in some cases, get worse. You could lose your family because of your faith. You could lose your job because of your faith. In some cases, you might even lose the place you're living in because of your faith. Christians are, in some cases, called to endure suffering while running this race of faith. And as Steve read, we're reading in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, and I want to briefly explain what the book of Hebrews is about because I think it's important to look at it in a whole and really understand what it's talking about to understand what these couple of verses are talking about. We don't really know who the writer is. Some people believe it's Paul. Some people believe it's maybe Barnabas or Apollo, but we don't really know. And the, the writer is assuming that his audience knows the Old Testament. So we can probably assume that the audience of the, the book of Hebrews is Jewish Christians. And in chapter 10, we can see that they were persecuted because of their affiliation with Jesus. I would say the two main goals of the book of Hebrews is one, to elevate Christ, and two, to challenge the readers to remain faithful to Jesus despite their persecution. And the writer wants to make it abundantly clear that Christ is above all else. First couple chapters, he talks about how Christ is above the angels. Christ is above Moses and all of their past preachers. In chapters 11 through 13, he's telling us that this race that we're in, the race of faith, is a battle. He describes it as a a brutal race, and Paul, even in some cases in the Bible, talks about it like he's in a boxing match, or we're soldiers going to battle to to please our commander. And we're in this Christian life we're in is not full of rainbows and butterflies, like like some, some people believe, unfortunately. I just want to read again briefly verses 1 and 2 of chapter 12. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And so in verse 1, where it talks about the cloud of witnesses, the writer's referring to what I believe is the saints that was uh, written about in chapter 11. They ran the race of faith, and when it says that we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses, it's using imagery here, basically saying that we have access to their lives that were written down in the Bible. We have access to their, to their races that they ran, 
and we have access to the stories of their lives. And, and, and what he's saying here is, is we have access to those witness statements and is basically saying that, man, this stuff works. You know, the, the race of faith that they ran paid off for them in the end. And did they suffer obstacles? Absolutely. Did they run it perfectly? Absolutely not. Are we running it perfectly? No. But did they run it by faith in the one who gave them their salvation? Yes. And so the writer is saying here, since we are surrounded by those witnesses, let us also run the race that is set before us. And a point that I want to get across here is that we run together. And the writer uses let us, I believe, to signify two things. The first thing being that we are running with our brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, the world seems to constantly promote the fact that you can be independent. You don't need anyone else. The strength to carry on lies within yourself if you search deep enough. And as long as we find the way that works best for us, we'll be okay. We'll get by just fine. And as we all know, that's just not the case. The culture of our church is to walk in the light with one another, bearing one another's burdens. We aren't running a race against each other. We are running a race with each other by faith. And we need to encourage each other, pray with each other. Step into the ditch and roll up your sleeves and get your hands dirty and help your brother or sister who's fallen or ask for help if, if you need help. There was a runner by the name of, I think he's German. I don't really know how to pronounce it. His first name's Jan or John. And he says, when I run, I'm responsible for myself and not one of my teammates. And we can't live our Christian lives that way, can we? The, run of, the, the race of faith that we're in, we cannot run it independently by ourselves. Have you ever seen the movie Forrest Gump? Never thought you'd hear Forrest Gump reference. We learned about Bob Dylan a couple weeks ago. We can talk about Forrest Gump. But the, the scene in Forrest Gump where he's in the jungle in Vietnam and he's, uh, bullets are flying, they're getting ambushed, and Forrest is running running through the jungle, just rescuing people who's been shot. He rescues Lieutenant Dan, carries them, lays them on the beach to get picked up by the helicopter. And Lieutenant Dan's like, Forrest, don't go back in there. You're going to get killed. They're sending, um, they're sending a jet to blow up the jungle or whatever. And then Forrest runs back in. He's like, I got to get Bubba. And so he runs back in there and he finds Bubba because Bubba's been shot and he carries him back. And he ended up taking a bullet somewhere. And uh, we as Christians, we need to help each other like Forrest helped his, his comrades, and we need to help each other run the race the best that we can. And the second thing I think the, the phrase let us signifies is that we're running with Christ right by our side and with the Holy Spirit inside of us. The Lord is right by our side every step of the way. Even when we don't see it, He is right there to help us when we hit obstacles. Even when the obstacles are ones that we have created, He is right there to help us up. And the second thing I want us to look at, where it says, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. So someone who's training for a long-distance race, they can try several different tactics while they're training. They could, wear a, they could wear a weighted vest, or they might wear ankle weights or a sweatsuit, do some of those things to intensify their training. But once they actually start the race, they get rid of those things so they they can run the race to their fullest potential. 
And so as believers, we need to examine our lives and I would say pretty much every aspect and ask ourselves, is this helping me run? Ask yourself, is this benefiting me running as fast and as hard as I can towards Christ? And the weights that it's referring to isn't necessarily something sinful. It could simply be something that just isn't helpful or not purposeful. I watched a couple of videos about bodybuilders and the training that they go through. And every single one of them says that we don't eat for pleasure, we eat for purpose. So they're not just eating things that make them feel good or taste good. They're, eating for, they're only eating things that are helping them and benefiting them to gain strength and gain muscle. This past week, I've had off of work and I spent that time preparing for this message and I've taken time away from social media. And that has helped me tremendously just digging into the Word and, and uh, it's helped me tremendously just, just pray and, and draw nearer to the Lord. I would definitely say that was a weight that was dragging me down. And in order to throw off every sin and every weight that so easily entangles, we must turn from them and turn to something better, which is Christ. If we were to just turn away from them and not turn to something else, we would just turn right back to it. We need something to turn to and something better, and that is Christ. And notice that the writer says, run. He doesn't say to casually walk with a relaxed attitude. I think a lot of believers think that when we resist sin... It's going to be easy. I know I thought that for a long time. I thought, it shouldn't be this hard to just not sin. And that's, obviously that's not the case. In Ephesians it, chapter 6, it talks about putting on the whole armor of God. And if we ask ourselves, well, if it's supposed to be easy, why do we need armor? What are we protecting ourselves against? It's a battle. And it's a battle against our fleshly desires. And it takes us fighting against our fleshly desires and fighting against the lies of the enemy using the armor of God and the word of God. I know for me personally, some of the weights that hold me down are just listening to the lies of the enemy. Where he says, you're not good enough. Are you even saved? You're a worship leader at church and you're struggling with this temptation right now. Or he'll say, you're in leadership at church and yet you struggle to be in leadership in your own house. And it is so easy for me to believe those and, and let those pull me down. But I know the truth and I know that my soul is saved and my soul was purchased by the blood of Christ. And the price for my sins has been paid in full and I need to run as hard and as fast as I can towards that and hold on to those truths. I watch a lot of Disney movies with my kids, and we were watching, I don't remember which Cars movie it was. I think it was the third one. And at the end of the movie, there's this race car by the name of Cruz, and she's racing in the race, and she's, she's gaining on the leader. She's doing really well. And then, um, I forget the car's name, I'll just call him the Satan car. He, he fell back behind her. He got right next to her and started speaking these bad things into her mind, getting in her head. And then she started believing them and thinking about them, and it started slowing her down, and she started losing. And then her crew chief started reminding her of all the truths and all the things that she is, 
And she held on to those and she started winning again and she ended up winning the race. And 1 Peter 5.8 tells us to be sober-minded, be watchful because the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. And so we need to stay alert and we need to keep running. If a lion is chasing us, we aren't going to just simply walk away from it. We're going to run as fast and as hard as we can. When I was younger, I went into a haunted house one time, and towards the end of it, not like a real, like a scary one for Halloween, and we, uh, towards the end of it, this guy with a chainsaw came out, and uh, I was not having it, and towards the end, there was like 10 steps going from the porch to the, to the ground, and I jumped all the way down those steps, and I kept running. I ran for my life down the street, and he kept chasing me, but I wasn't slowing down. I would ran all the way home if I had to, but uh, I was... I wasn't simply walking away. I was running as fast as I could. And the point I'm trying to get across here is that's a battle. And resisting sin and throwing off the unnecessary weight can only be done if we turn from them and look to something much better, if we run to something much better. And that is Christ. And point three I want to I get across here is that we need to endure the pain. And when you see the word endure, you, you can probably assume that during this race of faith that we're in, we're going to encounter some hardships. And the word endurance in Greek is the word hypomony. I probably didn't say that right. But what it means is to remain under. So when the world tells us to give up, oh, your marriage isn't going well, just give up. Oh, your job is hard, you don't like it, just give up. Oh, your kids don't listen to you when you tell them something? Just give up and let them have their way. I know I'm guilty of that. When the world tells us to give up when things get hard, or if we don't like them, the Bible tells us to endure them. And we are running this race of faith. We need to endure the trials that happen to us. And we as believers should be encouraged by the fact that our trials are not meaningless. And the Lord uses them to strengthen us. He uses them to refine us. He uses them to mold us into who he wants us to be. We can be encouraged by that. Knowing that we aren't just going through meaningless trials in our lives. Knowing that they have a purpose. And if we endure them, it would surely pay off in the end. Because we have a cloud of witnesses, like it said earlier, that can testify to that. I, I want to encourage you to read chapter 11 when you go home today and just read through their, their stories, and it'll greatly encourage you. Life is hard. Life is very hard at times, especially in the past year of 2020. We may have just wanted to collapse and give up. We don't feel like we have the strength to keep going. It seems like we're just swimming against a strong current, and we're not going anywhere. And the writer here is trying to encourage us because the Jewish Christians he is writing to, they're facing similar situations. They want to give up. They want to go back to their old ways. They're facing persecution. And he's encouraging them by saying, hang in there. There's proof that it will all be worth it in the end. We are running this race together. We are here to help each other. And I ride my bike sometimes, 
And while I'm writing it, I need to coach myself. I need to coach myself through the pain to say, come on, Kyle, just push through. Because I know once I get to my destination, I can finally rest. And I hate it. I hate the pain. I hate sweating. I hate my legs are burning. I don't enjoy it. But after I do it and I get to where I'm going, I feel much better. And think of somebody training for a competition. They have to endure the pain of training, but they know that the pain will produce results. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So what's the best way to increase your stamina? To endure the pain of exercising. To endure the pain of exercising. And the fourth point is in verse 2, where it says, Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So the writer tells us here that the best way to endure this brutal race is to keep our eyes focused on Jesus. We must remain focused on Christ to endure the pains of this life. The writer of Hebrews has made it abundantly clear, especially in the first couple chapters, that Christ is above all else. He is the great high priest. And the writer elevates Christ above all of the other people listed and talked about throughout the book of Hebrews. He is above all of the other messengers of the gospel. Christ ran the race of faith with endurance. He ran it with endurance more than anyone else ever did, and he ran it perfectly. He did not falter. He ran the race and endured the cross and all of its pain and its shame for us. He was beaten and he was battered. Beaten and battered naked in front of people. Naked in front of a crowd for us. And if you were to read in verse 3, it says that he endured such hostility from sinners. Now that phrase right there I think is very important because it could have said he endured hostility from people of authority, people of great power, which he did also, but it just says sinners. And by just saying sinners, it shows us that he humbled himself so much that he was trampled on by filthy sinners. And he endured that for you and me. He remained under that hostility and that suffering and that pain for you and me. And the writer says here, he says, before you give up, consider him. Consider him who endured the cross. He could have easily snapped his fingers and it could have all been over. He could have easily snapped his fingers and it all would have been better, but he endured it for you and for me. And it wasn't because he saw something special in us. It was not because he looked down from his throne and said, Kyle deserves to be saved. Kyle deserves to be saved. I'm going to send my son to be beaten beyond recognition for him because he deserves it. There's something in him that, I, that, that deserves salvation. That's not why he did it. 
It was 100% because God had mercy on us and he had grace on us. And he continues to have mercy on us every day as we continually slap him in the face. And so I ask you today, do you feel like giving up? Do you feel like you literally cannot go through another year like 2020? Do you feel like no matter how hard you run, you feel like you're going nowhere? Do you know the weights and the sins that are easily entangling you and weighing you down? And I want to urge you to look to Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith and our salvation. Run as hard and as fast as you can towards him. He who started a good work in you will complete it. That is a promise to us. Call upon the name of the Lord and put your hope and your faith and your trust in him and run, 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 and what? Run. Thank you. (laughs) We need to run. We cannot casually walk and be comfortable and lazy and complacent. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it and say that the Christian life is full of of butterflies and and, and rainbows, and it's not that bad. Because in some cases, it it is bad. And it's hard. And it's it's a battle. But we are equipped with our brothers and sisters in Christ and the word of the Lord and with Christ in us right by our side to run this race of faith. We run together. We need to cast off the unnecessary weight. We need to run with endurance. And we need to keep our eyes focused on him, on Christ. And spoiler alert, we win in the end. So when you feel like you're losing, just remember, we will win. Our victory is sealed in Christ. Our victory is sealed at the cross through the blood of Jesus. We will win in the end. So as we take communion today, consider him. Consider him who endured the cross. Consider his body that was broken for you. Consider his blood that was poured out to wash you clean so you can stand before God righteous one day. All because of Christ. All because of the sacrifice on that cross. So while we're running this race, there will often be times where we feel tired, like we want to give up. We, we can't keep going. That's when I urge you to just cry out to the Lord. Cry out to the Lord for help. Cry out to your brothers and sisters for help. Pray, 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 and praise Him, and pray some more, and praise Him, and pray some more. It's not going to be easy. It's not easy. But it is a battle that we are in, and we are equipped to run this race with our brothers and sisters, with the word, with the Lord inside of us. I just, I want you to be encouraged today, guys. Because we don't know what's, what the year 2021 holds for us. But we do know that we have a future glory to look forward to. We do know that in the end, the Lord will come back and restore creation, restore our bodies, restore everything into the way it should be. Let us pray.
Dear Lord, I thank you today for your word that is always true. And I thank you today, Lord, for your love that never fails us, Father. Lord, I thank you today for your body and your blood that was poured out and broken for us, Father. And Lord, as we are running this race of faith, Lord, I pray that you help us endure the pains and the sufferings that we are going through and the pains and the sufferings that we will go through, Lord. Lord, I pray that we always remember that no matter what the world shows us, no matter what the world offers, Father, you are better. You are everlasting. You are always true. You are perfect. And Lord, as we worship you through communion today, Father, I pray that we consider you, consider your body, consider your blood, Lord. And I pray if there's anyone in here who doesn't know you, Father, I pray that they can come to know you, Father. I pray that your Holy Spirit can just pull on their heart, Lord. Open their eyes to, to show them that they need a Savior, Father. We all need a Savior, and that the only Savior is you, Lord. We cannot save ourselves. Only you can save us. And only your blood can cleanse us, Father. Salvation only comes from you, Lord. And I pray that we always remember that, Lord. And when the enemy tells us lies that we're not worthy, Lord, I pray that we remember that we are worthy only because of Christ, Father. Pray that we always hold on and run to the truth. Run to you, Father. Run to Christ. Keep our eyes focused on him, Lord. No matter how many distractions are around us, Father, help us focus on you. Help us remember the only way we can run this race, Lord, is if we are focused on you, Father. I thank you for my brothers and sisters in here today, Lord. I thank you that we bear each other's burdens, Father, and we walk in the light with each other, Lord. And I just pray as we go out for the rest of the week, Lord, no matter what situation we may be in, Father, that we can look to you, the author and perfecter of our faith. In Jesus' name, amen.